You're listening to Biz Souls, the business podcast with an edge, hosted by me, Rona Lewis, and Jeffrey Hansler. Tune in for perspectives and discoveries about the changing world of business. It's time to connect to the heart, soul, and humor of how business gets done. Hello, all, and welcome to Biz Souls. I'm Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Hansler. And today we're chatting about voice. The voice. The voice. The voice. Well, let me finish my voice. And we're all about... We're all we're about... Business and the people that make it happen. Yeah. And uh, we're also arguing, you know, should we change the tag to the business of everything? We'd like to know what you guys think. Yeah, really. That would be something. The do. business of everything or we get to the heart and soul of business and the people who make it happen. Yeah, and since we're about voice, <laughs> we have to bring it... No, we don't have to. You just are in charge of the motherboard. So there you go. Stop it. Stop it. All right. Yeah, very good. So what are we going to talk about with well, voice? You know, this I, is your, this is Rona's Yeah, I, I, I recently taught a class for executive women's leadership. And I was very conscious of how the women spoke, not just their their vocal tone. It was how they said what they, they said. And if they want to be in a leadership position, and this is not just, just women, it's, it, it's, it's anybody. You have to speak with with confidence and with with openness, et cetera, et cetera. And there were these women who wanted to learn leadership skills and who sounded like they were 12 years old. And it was like this one time in band camp, you know, they, they would end their, their sentences on the upswing. So there's a lot of issues that voice covers in order to to sound and feel like you are a leader. So aren't you being sexist? Are you comparing it to a to a male standard with that? Uh, no, because I just men... think it's a it's a it's a confidence thing. And you don't have to be outgoing and obnoxious like I am in order to be a leader. There is such a thing as quiet power. There is a a quiet assuredness of what you're you're saying. Even if you say, I don't know, I'd like to find out. So I think I think vocal and written style are are considered voice. Absolutely. And they have to be considered for a variety of reasons. We all have biases. Mm -hmm. We all make quick judgments. And they say that you've got 30 seconds to make a first impression. Yeah. And a lot of that goes with these uh, generalizations we all have. I do think there's a sexist component in it. I think people think that, so when you tell me, you know, women, you know, they're, they're speaking up on their, they're raising their tone as they're finishing versus uh, maybe establishing a more um, uh, medium tone. Okay. Uh, I, I think that's because that's, you know, that higher range is not something you see a lot in men. So I think there there isn't uh, uh, an attachment to bias on the male leadership. So we, we have to watch out for that because I know that's not what you want. Mm -hmm. You want people to be individuals and you want them to improve as indi individuals. Yeah. So. so as we go through this, as we go through this and stuff, I think we have to pay attention and listen real carefully to uh, what we're saying, what we're describing for what is going to help them succeed mm -hmm. and help them succeed with their own voice. I mean, that's ultimately what we want out of this, right? Sure. Yeah, their own voice, not a generalization or no, following. A no, pattern. you have to be your own person. You don't want to change your personality to, you know, for, for for any reasons. You know, think about Elizabeth Holmes, how she brought her voice down because she was cute and she was afraid nobody would take her seriously, and so. And it worked. It worked. She was able to bamboozle some very very smart people. Well, by that, doing that. Yes, and it wasn't. 
That was by what she said, not just by lowering her vocal tone and speaking like this. Because when you hear her her speak, you know, on the recordings, things like that, it sounds fake. Right. It sounds like she's trying too hard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I would to agree To me, it sounds ridiculous. However, when she was convincing people of what her process can do, that was another version of voice. Right, right. And and what you're saying is she talked in her normal time, not her uh, contrived voice, yes. that it, it didn't matter if she was saying the same things, yeah. they, they wouldn't have the credibility. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about conscious choices for voice. Mm-hmm. We're also talking about, um, because both of us promote this, is individualism. Yes. So you've got a, it's, it's a balance between doing what people expect and doing what, uh, what is natural to you. Mm-hmm. And having integrity, which uh, um, her integrity was, uh, maybe she had a narcissistic belief that she could do it. I I really do believe that at one point she thought she could do it. And then I think she made a shift over into, okay, we're not going to be able to do it. So we need to carry this forward. Well, and I I don't know how much her boyfriend or the the older guy who she was with convinced her yeah and i think that he was just dragged into it. i, I, think, th- so I too. think she bamboozled him and, yeah. and brought him in no. not that he was um uh, a uh a uh, trustable individual to no with. i think yeah so and we'll never know because we've never talked to him Indeed. we haven't even tried to get him on the podcast i'm not really concerned about getting them on the podcast i would love point. to have them well on the you podcast. go for it then well okay. they're gonna we know where they're staying <laughs> that's true <laughs> Good point. They're a captive audience, but I'm pumped. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about uh, vocal and written style mm-hmm. and uh, the and, current and voice. What it, and what that can do for you. First of all, per speaking of Elizabeth Holmes, she did it to establish credibility and authority. And that's what that can do, especially with, with written style. You really want to make sure you sound intelligent. You know, I was just, I, I taught a leadership seminar at a local community college right. just the other day. And one of the teachers who speaks English, uh, who, who teaches English, who speaks English too. Uh, was, it's always, always beneficial to be able to speak yeah. English while you teach English. And he was telling me when he was reading these these college students' essays, he said it was frightening because they were writing like they were texting. You know, they would, because was B, C, S, E, and U as opposed to Y, O, U. And he had to go back and say, this is, you are not texting. You are writing a, a college paper and it's a big difference, you know, and, and he, he's really scared that these next generations have no command of the English language. And it may, it may change the face of how business gets done. And at the same time, your credibility is going to go down because you don't sound like, you know, what you're talking about when you, when you write like this. Right, right. And I was talking to a group of, um, basically, uh, grade school and grade school teachers, mm-hmm. uh, was they weren't the audience. It just happened to be they happened to be the secondary audience okay. that was there, and they're bringing cursive back. So for a while, they stopped teaching cursive. Oh, and what they found through the studies is cursive is part of the development for language. Oh, that's it's interesting. It's that continued thing, and so that's coming back. And so, and I, I think that you know, and I, the people now that the professor shared with them, you know, this isn't a text message. This mm-hmm. is a college paper. Right. I, they'll be able to adjust. They probably have the information. 
they just uh, it was it's efficient. Well, and it's it's, it's it's natural for them because that's how they communicate. Yeah, you know, he was also very concerned. Speaking of voice, that they don't know how to be quote unquote be with other people, and that so they have no communication skills. Right, which is also a form of voice, which we'll get to in a moment. Some right. Other- one of the things we always talk about, we always talk about the extreme, you know, so yeah. those are the, that that's extreme fear, extreme case. Mm-hmm. And we know that's not reality. We're just kind of going with it. Yeah. And it also promotes inclusivity. What? Voice. Yes, every, it can. Know, every voice brings a right. unique viewpoint. And by speaking up, individuals can shed light on various topics from their point of view. So you want to use voice that way. It can influence decisions from because you know it most certainly certainly can yes yes relationship building conflict resolution how you come in and speak makes a a big difference it absolutely does your style your words Mm -hmm. uh your writing style i have a tendency to be staccato in my style Mm -hmm. Uh, so i have a tendency to be shorter i'll leave a lot um, I try and minimize adjectives and adverbs and get down to the core of things sometimes. And um, I tend to be a little more vociferous. Right. Than you. Come Correct. Up to the V's. <laughs> the whole purpose, though, the the under the purpose of business writing, and this is this is why I'm, I'm so glad Rona brought up this subject. Is the more we learn about the brain and neuropsychology, the more we understand how what affects it, impacts it, and has a um, puts a marker on or puts a or shifts it Mm -hmm. and so we're now in a world where we can make conscious choices it used to be only the con artists that made conscious choices they knew how to manipulate the living daylights now the the average person has all kinds of material available so they can know how to say something or do something and and ultimately the difference between a con artist well no actually this is the same what a con artist is trying to do is by changing the language they're trying to establish trust Mm -hmm. now what an average person needs to do is also establish trust and it's not about changing your personality it's not about changing your views or your values it's about communicating in a way that creates trust Mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to do and so you you, if you make a conscious choice about changing something so you can create more trust, you can either be an Elizabeth Holmes or you can be something that's going to contribute to society and help people make better decisions. Mm-hmm. And that is the choice that comes afterwards. We now know the techniques for doing it. Just like, you know, and, and to me, it's kind of like dressing and bathing. Mm-hmm. Okay, we bathe so people can stand next to you and we dress so that they feel that you have a, so you represent a certain decorum or you can meet their group or meet their standards. I mean, you wouldn't show up and Have a certain up. class. Yeah, <laughs> class. Oh my God. Show up, show up in shorts, cut off shorts and a, and a, and a, a torn and t-shirt flip-flops. with flip-flops to a business Welcome meeting. Welcome to California. Hi, excuse me. Here's my credibility. I'm going right. to show up and speak to you. In a That's torn the way, t-shirt. and you know, I and that I think that is a part of your voice. What you know, who you want to portray. Absolutely. When I was when I was in Colorado and I was hiring people for Communicast, which was the the company where I was the VP of Sales, I had more than one person come in with a rope around their neck and a moose head and a pair of jeans. And that's not the way, at the time, that's not the way salespeople sold. And they had no idea because they were from a little town and and I had to school them a bit on this is not the way business is done in the big city like Denver. They couldn't hack it. Bringing up a comment you've made in the past, you said that you were told when you came to California, you shouldn't speak so fast. 
and you shouldn't talk the way you oh, remember no, that? Oh, uh, no, it was a Toastmasters party, and someone came up to me and said, you know, you really have to be careful how you speak to people because you don't want to hurt their feelings. I'm like, hurt their feelings? I'm a New Yorker. I'm straightforward. I'm not mean. Right. So you made a choice. You were told that the current culture, and, and they were right. It's a little softer. It's a little more soft. It's kind of like the South. You know, everything is like, instead of telling you something to your face, they say, oh, bless your heart. Or they, they insult you, just like the, the English. They will insult you and then ask you to agree. Well, aren't you just the stupidest thing? Did you really want me to answer that? You know? <laughs> I'm not gonna. So, so we're not even. We're those cultural things are gonna exist. And your answer to her was, or to them, whoever commented on you was, was I'm not mean. I'm just straightforward. I'm not gonna do business with somebody and say yes if I don't want their services. And I'll say thank you, but no, thank you. I'm not gonna make small talk. Right. So what we're talking about is making a conscious choice versus a subconscious choice. So once you know what worked mm -hmm. and what you know what they expect, you still have. You can then make a conscious choice instead of a subconscious choice, which is what we're always about, making those conscious choices to represent yourself, represent your ideas, be yourself, and still apply those things that that don't interfere with that to your communication so that uh, you establish credibility, build trust. Right. Yeah. And there you go. And you decided that, you know, what's key to your building trust for you. And I know people just gravitate to it, your straightforwardness. Right. Because they don't have to think, what, what do they mean by that? And yeah. so many people out here are, sorry, California. I love the weather, things like that. They're a little flaky. Oh, yeah. Let's get together. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely interested. I'll call you. Really? Yeah. I haven't heard let's from do them. Lunch. Have you? Let's, yeah. Let's do lunch. Let's I'm do like, lunch. Kiss, Hollywood just kiss. Don't, just don't because you look stupid. You look even worse than if you, you know, let's, no, thank you. I'm not interested. To me, I respect someone more by doing that. Or, you know, I've gone out with, with guys who are, are very sweet and don't mention at all about going out again, which is fine. Just tell me you're not interested. Right. Or and, maybe they're interested and well, they just haven't they, decided. Or they expect me to, to be the aggressor. I'm like, no. It has to be equal give and take. I have to know you're you're interested. So if I email, if I text somebody and they're like, oh yeah, this 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 and this, and they're very nice, and then it's like, okay, have a great weekend. And so what does that mean? Right, right. You know, and and <laughs> for those of you that are wondering if why on a business podcast we're talking about personal dating because we've covered personal dating subjects, we've it, covered before. the business of personal dating. Yes, and and it's <laughs> and it relates to you know so if people do this in their personal life, I can't imagine how they get business done and have respect from other people in in business. Well, you give some you give people grace for their cultural things. Like when you're in the South, you give them grace for things, and you understand that you're going to have to think about what do they really mean by that or, or did something go on same with californians you have to understand that you know Cal californians are really ducks there's doesn't look like there's much going on in the service there's a lot of paddling underneath and you know people from the east don't realize that they think sometimes they i don't think they're stupid i just think that they're afraid to say what they think well and a part of it is because you know it, the, I think it's the Hollywood effect. I think it really affects it, the West Coast. What does that mean? The Hollywood effect is you never know who you're going to need to help you at certain points. So oh, you, maybe. You, so you don't... You don't want to burn burn bridges. You don't want to burn bridges. And so you just get in the habit of, of being safe and, and saying things. And then eventually you say things you don't mean. And unfortunately, then it needs to be brought back. Yeah. 
And that's, I just don't appreciate that because that's not my, that does not build trust. Right, exactly. Well, you know, Arnold's doing that right now. He's got this, he uh, sent out a bunch of emails, hey, join, follow me, you know, and uh, I want to I want to stay in touch with you. I'm interested in what's going on. So you email him back and you never get an email back. Of course not, because he's got people. Yeah, but his people aren't, and his people aren't getting back to you. So, oh, there you go. so, so he's are. got a hole in his system. Yeah. And part of that's because I think he's really out of it. He's just kind of, um, he's just. Oh, he's in his he, 70s, so he's. Yeah, he, he, it doesn't matter if he's in his 70s. <laughs> she, he's a sharp businessman and i think this is something he needs to address uh-huh. and i think he's just not watching the um he's not watching the the he's not dotting the i's and crossing the t's well and I, I you know he's like us he's not a digital native and i don't know how many people he's got working for him but he's not overseeing it. speak for and yourself you know. i'm a digital native no you're not I, it doesn't matter what you say i was building databases before the internet was popular so yeah you know it's no i didn't grow up with an iphone in my right. in my that's what that's the way i I grew up with a telephone and i we knew (laughs) we knew how to dial numbers and things so it's covered wagons it's different digits Anyway, let's get back to voice. We're, uh, you know, in the first section, you, we talked about the written style. And we talked about style. Yeah, then... your uh, speaking sc- style, your written style. You know, I I don't change my my vocal style when I'm giving talks and facilitations. It's like how the way you see me, I'm like this. You know this. I'm like this all the time. Right. I'm a little wacky. I'm super fun, which is why people gravitate to it. Yeah. Yeah. And there are people who, when they're not in front of the camera or the audience, to- are totally different. They're very quiet. They're, you know, they're not on and off. I'm, I'm that way. When yes. I'm, when I'm on stage, great. When I'm off stage, just... boring. I'm kidding. Yeah, boring. <laughs> <laughs> not boring. I'm teasing. I'm you. quiet. You are. You're much. You're much quieter. You're much more reserved. And I. And there's. It's just what you know background and and your and, and life experience causes that too right. you know how, sure. how you, so that, do you so, go ahead. i'm sorry no good do you uh do you change your tone a lot so you don't change your style do you change your tone a lot yes because and that and you know that's if if you want buy-in i mean you're the, you're the master of sales don't you change your tone to match the people you're speaking with because people like to do business with people who are like them. So tone has always been difficult for me. And it was something I had to learn. And it wasn't until I started reading about being an expert witness on on certain cases mm-hmm. uh, that um, one of the things that kept being repeated throughout all the books is you have to keep a... God, I'm drawing a blank on the word. Ju- uh, it's a justice standard. You you can't get excited. The minute you get so excited... You, you have to court, keep your, your objectivity. Well, you it's except in terms of your voice. Monotone? Yeah, it's almost a monotone. It's very, very subdued. Mm-hmm. You have to sound like you're not getting emotionally involved. I see. So I get emotionally involved in things. If somebody's doing something wrong, I would have a tendency to get emotionally involved. So my pitch will go up. Mm-hmm. My tone will change. Right. I'll speaking more rapidly. If somebody's doing something wrong and I'm like, you know, hey, you need to stop that right now. This could be this and this. None of that is acceptable in court really by a jury or mm-hmm. by the judge. Right. If you'll get excited, speaking quickly, start interrupting people, all the things that emotion brings in that tone is what you're trying to control with the tone. It it hurts your case. You may be absolutely 100% legally right. You may be 100% correct technically on what you're talking about. And they will dismiss it if you don't keep that, not monotone, that very calm tone. A tone 
that that um, indicates calmness, serenity, uh, confidence. And that tone is somebody that's speaking from a factual person. So it, it sounds rather uh, disconnected. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where tone's imp- important. And through that, through that, I've learned that, you know, in, in board meetings and, and working with board members and working with executives, mm-hmm. it's really important that you don't get excited, even right. though they're like heading for a train wreck. Well, yes. And people will hear more when it's not emotionally charged. Right, right. So I get that. And and there's, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of things that your vocal tone will go in. It's not just about the the being monotone. I mean, I have a whole list of things that you know. Why don't you give some of them? Well, first impressions when okay. you when you walk in and you're not friendly and you don't have a tone, or or you have when they say, "Oh, you have a tone." That's that that either snobby or mean or however you want to describe it. That will will color someone's opinion of you. Going forward, doesn't matter how much you try to fix it. It's, I mean, I think there is always going to be a bit of a uh, of a lasting impression. Make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And uh, on top of that, uh, a little side study that was done. So if you come in and you are um, controlled in your voice, mm-hmm. you are. You look like you're calm and serene mm-hmm. with your tone. And then if you get excited or upset, and that gets conveyed through your tone you get it your tone your pitch raises your tone raises you become right you speaking more rapidly Mm -hmm. it hurts your credibility Hmm. and it hurts it for an extensive period of time now if you were excited and yelling and that was their first exposure to you and then you come in next time and you're calm and modulated your credibility skyrockets and it sticks with you for a long time interesting so they'll they'll accept if you started off on the on the negative side of tone and went to the positive you get all kinds of credibility and bonus points yeah and i think you you have to adapt like i said you have to adapt and and have empathy to the people you're speaking with right and that's and that's part of that changeability and uh, the emotional intelligence that that people have about you know reading a room and coming in and understanding what's going on and not being so focused with your own agenda right. that you're missing all the right. the the cues and, and you have go ahead sorry no and I, that's how you convey authority emotional intelligence right. are all conveyed that way it's it's in the foundation is always building trust and i do know that you do when you're telling stories uh you'll change your tone right. to affect their motivation yeah. to to show them this is something to listen forward absolutely. to absolutely absolutely yeah there's there's a way that your voice can invite people in and at the same time dismiss them right and that's what a lot of people don't necessarily hear of themselves when they when they speak you know so you really have to be self-aware right recently over the last couple of years uh certain speakers have gone to colleges Mm -hmm. and they've been booed and not allowed to speak so in terms of reading the room which is important with tone sure uh what would you recommend for um somebody that's going into a hostile environment do they start off where do they set their tone and where do they take their tone uh and uh do they match them which then has a tendency to encourage right no I, i i would never match an audience especially if they are not on your side and i i would act like the expert witness that you mentioned with objectivity and if you came to hear me speak i appreciate that 
and let's let me tell you what I'm going to tell you and then we can talk about it without matching their their emotional involvement. Okay. And how do you avoid misunderstanding? Oh, well that's just that's I mean tone can convey all kinds of misunderstanding. As a matter of fact, if somebody is sad or emotional and they're yeah. crying and you don't match that tone with them, mm -hmm. they feel that you don't care and you're dismissive. It's like, well, I oh, also, you just yeah. need to calm down. You, oh, you know, that, you, you need... never say that to anybody who is upset. <laughs> that just makes it worse because that's lacking empathy. You, uh, I would, uh, I wouldn't match their crying tone, and I would say, I know you're upset. I can, I can hear it. I sympathize with you. I see your point of view and never but, and you have to understand my side. And let's see if we can come to an understanding because most conflicts are misunderstanding. So if this is, and then you have to paraphrase, right? you know, and that's, that is also, so this is what I'm hearing you say. And that your, your, your tone has to convey empathy and patience. Right, right. Absolutely. Great, great advice. Just to reiterate again, this isn't about being somebody else. You, culture and branding are important in your mm -hmm. tone. Yeah. And you're given credibility. You're from New York, so you are giving a deference for some of the, your New Yorkisms, yeah. if you will, Long Islandisms. Uh, and I think people are smart enough to do that. And I think actually they enjoy it. I think it's why people with an accent speaking in America, you know, they, 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 have, they have a step up. They have a step ahead everybody oh my god have you heard his accent we just want to listen to him or her talk well especially you know english accents or jamaican they're so it, it's such a beautiful accent that it's just i just want to listen to oh yeah and german and italian <laughs> oh it's it's great irish yeah the scottish so is fun except you can't understand the scots i mean no you, know, you can't yeah. you can't and that's okay because you just drink with them and you just have fun so yeah that's right <laughs> you have to drink with a scot no no that's it's just fun. bad bad humor no it's so and, and so it's let's wrap it up with Okay. Tips? Well, you want to, I think active listening is really important so that your tone can stay appropriate to the situation. Okay. You know, you want to listen to understand, not to respond, because your tone can then be exacerbated by your ego and jumping on the other person. So that's a bit of an oxymoron. What? So that what we're saying is while tone is important, yeah. while how we say things and uh, the way we say things are our style for saying things, yeah. one of the best things we could do is just shut up and listen really yes. well. <laughs> yeah, before you jump in. So it's not not saying things. It's just making sure, to your point about misunderstandings, if you want to avoid them and avoid conflict, you really have to listen because then that that vocal tone and the word, you know, you may say some bad words right. and those you can't take back. And that is all your your voice. You know, people right. I, I try to be as nice as as possible. And I do have a reputation of being positive and and, and fun if not many people have heard my right. bad side. And if, if people are not as smart or don't have the vocabulary, they will get eviscerated right. by me. And they have to be very careful. And, uh, you know, they are very sorry if they cross me. Well, what's the new movie with, um, uh, what's her name, Margot Robbie? Um, uh, Babylon? Babylon. Babylon, where, where they make fun of her. Idiot, yeah. Well, they have her and they're trying to give her voice lessons. So mm -hmm. that's another recommendation. You can take voice lessons. Voice lessons, yes. And, and in it, they make a, you know, she says, I don't care how I'm supposed to to speak I, this is what it is yeah she just couldn't help herself on that one though. well she was a yeah self-destructive self -destructive. Yeah. yeah and be prepared if you can 
in terms of what you want to say. You can have a target and then ask questions. That's that's one of your things, a big asking questions. Sure, sure. And, and uh, you know, the joke is if you want me to speak for three hours, I can do it. If you want me to speak for three minutes, uh, give me three days. Yeah. So you really, it, it's partly time dependent because you really have to think through because we live in a complex world. Mm-hmm about the meaning of each sentence. So making those one-liners is really, takes time to think about them so that you can convey the meaning yeah. along with the tone and the style that you want to deliver. Absolutely. Yeah. So, And there we go. That's just, you know, there's, uh, I don't know that there's an absolute on anything. You also, you have to be comfortable with who you are and just be aware of yourself and others. Yeah. Well, this gets back to Heather Evans' conversation, lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. This is just something, this is basically what we're always talking about. We just, we just spoke with her. So if you're listening to this, she was on last week. Right. And it's just about, I, I think, Haley, uh, <coughs> uh, God, uh, last name Haley, I think. From she was what, just, what did she do? Uh, politics. She okay. was just talking. Oh, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, right. She's just talking about uh, that um, we should raise, possibly consider raising the retirement age mm-hmm. to reflect what's going on. And I think one of the biggest reflections from people living longer is just it's lifelong learning. Yeah. And things are moving so quickly. Even the kids straight out of school have to be learning constantly. Heather, Heather, and that's the reason I brought her up. She said, you've got to be learning. This stuff is moving yeah. so fast. If you haven't heard last week, she's a geneticist that is going back to school. And she said, that's, that's part of what she has to do. And you know what? My, my dad was a dentist and he, there was, there was always seminars and things that he went to because the dental society wanted everyone to be up on the latest breakthroughs in dental care and things. And so that was also lifelong learning. Yeah. And I think a commitment to lifelong learning of which you can work on so many things, how we talk, how we look Mm -hmm. in terms of how we uh, take care of ourselves, our health, what we eat, what we think of the things we read, all those things. I I think that's where you, the bodily youth is just constantly learning. I mean, you said your dad lived to what? 92. 92. That's pretty good. You know, that's great. And he had a healthy outlook on life and he was, he was sharp all the way till the end. And he had, bring it back to the voice. He had a definite authentic voice because you're going way off base. Is he? Really? (laughs) He was. Was he like this? No, no. He was just, I mean, he was a lot like I was. We're going to have to pull out that incisor. He was, he, we never, never had that bad New York accent. And Jeffrey likes to tease me a lot, but I don't really have a heavy-duty New York accent. No, she doesn't. And I, I, on the other hand, have a very heavy Californian accent. Dude. All right. That's it for us. I'm Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Answer. I want this. to thank my podcast partner for coming up with this. I love the topic she comes up with. You're very welcome. That's uh, a voice that I use <laughs> to be Long Island. And this is when I was in, in Florida because they were all, you know, all the old ladies were smoking. So they all talk like this. <laughs> Don't have this voice if you're in business. <laughs> it really was frightening when I spoke to them. It's like, ugh. Anyway, all right, right, that's it. This has been Biz Souls. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Biz Souls podcast with your hosts, Rona Lewis and Jeffrey Hansler. Did you have fun? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Talk to you next week.